Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, World Juniors is right around the corner. Be tuned. Season 3, episode 81 of the Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Croshaw with you today. Chase. How are you feeling on this lovely Wednesday night? I'm tired today. I don't. I don't know what it is, but I'm v- very tired. Um, you know, just a slow, slow day. We've had some weather out here. So, uh, that's for sure. So the weather brings things on a little bit, and then you know, also just tired and depressed. You know, being. You know, I'm, I'm not a diehard Tigers fan by any means, but I, it's, it's it's a team that I that I do support. It's the number one team in baseball. I do support a team. I want to root for, and then just. Just, just watching what they've gone through, just, just really, really everything that the organization's done the last like eight years. It just, I've really been, really been thinking about it the last week or so, and it, it just gotten me into a just a crippling state of depression. That's why you don't support any Detroit teams. Yeah. Also, just gotta say, uh, I'm pretty sure everyone has weather. So just to describe, no, it's it's, it, it's definitely weather. We're I, having I weather here. I wasn't, I wasn't wrong. <laughs> um, but. Maybe the tiredness also comes from we're recording late eight thirty p.m. right now. Well, it's your bedtime, so that's fair. If yeah. you're tired, but it's not my bedtime, um, so I shouldn't be tired. So a little bit different. Plus, we've uh, it's kind of weird only recording once a week now. It is. You know? it, I I feel very off doing it. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. It feels a little bit different. We're also in a different setup, so it's not like we can just kind of. I go into things. I mean, I'm mostly in my same spot. I'm slightly moved, really not that far. Where you're like, you got a completely different angle of the room. My my angle's a little different. It's not like large. Um, just getting a text from Giuseppe. So we are doing the WNP Fantasy Hot Take Show right after this one, and we got two buddies coming on. Um, obviously they're coming over to the studio. They've seen the studio. Giuseppe just texted me. Do you have a microphone, like for him? No, 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 no. we've got, we've got three permanently mounted to the, to the top and then one more, um, just stand mic as well. But no, 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 we don't, we don't have that for you. Zap. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. I don't speaking of this. Is that my mic stand? No, yours is, didn't you take yours home? I don't remember because I just don't know where it is. The wait, the really terrible one. No, not, not the, not the boom arm, the actual like mic stand, like the one that's on the, on the, on the tabletop there. No, this is the one that I bought with that. Okay, because I don't know where mine is. I just have no idea where I put it. 
Yeah, your really bad boom arm's still over yeah, there. Yeah, should still be over there. Which yeah, you can take that home if you Dude, want. Hey, that that thing was great for like such when we were going separate. That thing was like fifteen bucks, and it got the job done at at home. It just doesn't work on this table for whatever reason. Yeah, and. Well, let's get let's get off this. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about hockey. I was going to go into some other stuff, but no need. Let's talk about hockey. Let's first talk about Jack Thompson as he officially makes the World Junior Team. Uh, we also see Isaac Howard. Unfortunately, he gets cut from Team USA, but those are the two big prospects in the system, yep. and we see how they do here uh, in the World Juniors landscape. Yeah, it, it's definitely definitely cool. Um, and we'll start with Isaac Howard getting cut. I think it's a better bet we see him in the what is going to be the 2023 World Juniors, the one where the eligibility changes. So he'll be, you know, instead of being considered like this tournament would be normally be his draft eligible birth year, whereas next year it'll be his, you know, his draft plus one year. So I think he's got a better chance of making that roster than this one because there's still some older guys still eligible. So it's not like it's too big of a surprise. But Jack Thompson, you know, we talked about it when camp roster first came out that he wasn't at camp, you know, a name like Connor Bedard, they also weren't, at, he, he wasn't at camp either. But both guys are on the team, so I would just have to assume they probably didn't invite some guys that they knew were going to make it and didn't want to invite any older guys just because, like, might as well bring in some younger guys and see what they have for um, for the winter one in 2023. So, so it makes sense now, more looking back at it. But it's good, good for Tomer, absolutely. Um, you know, he's got a really nice opportunity to really play some solid minutes for the team. I would have to guess he's going to end up playing top D pair minutes. Um I don't know who he's going to play with right now. Donovan Sabrango um, is a D-man who was named an alternate captain, so I'm going to assume he's going to get some good ice time, so maybe those two end up as a D-pair. But, um, yeah, Tomer should absolutely be looking at some real legitimate ice time, which is good to see because I think he's poised for a pretty big season in Syracuse this year. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see him uh, on the team with Team Canada, and we'll talk about the Canadian and United States rosters more in depth after the commercial break. Uh, and maybe even put out some predictions. But, uh, Chase, let's not talk about Joe Smith from The Athletic. He projects Tampa's opening night roster. Uh, obviously, you're going to see players like, I don't know, Victor Hedman, Andre Vasilevsky, maybe, if he I, makes it. I don't know. First time I've heard those names in my life. Uh, Steven Stamkos, I know he's the captain, so that's probably the only reason he'll actually be there. That's fair. You know? It's fair. Fair. If he wasn't the captain, I don't know. We'd see him there. Yeah, but, we'd uh, be seeing we'd be seeing him in the coast. We'd be seeing him play for Orlando. Right. But let's talk about some uh players that weren't in the lineup last year that we could see this year. Yeah, so you know, I'll, I'll just kind of really quickly go over the the guys that you know are already gonna be there, not really say much. So just going from like the net out, it's gonna be the same too. It's gonna be Vasilevsky and Elliott, so not much to talk about there. Everything kind of as expected. In terms of the defensemen, uh, you know, a couple couple off season um I can never. I always struggle saying this word accusations because mm. I always want to say accusations, yeah, which is just not the same thing at all, right? Um, but a couple off season moves um, to bring in Ian Cole, Philippe Myers, Hayden Fleury. Those three are the new names on the blue line, along with incomers or incumbents: um, Victor Edmond, Eric Chernock, Mikhail Sergachev, and Cal Foot. So it's a decor that's looking not nearly as good as last year's team or even the previous years. But it's not bad by any means. I mean, you've got a top three defenseman in the league. You've got a top ten defenseman in the league. You've got a young, nice young up-and-coming right-handed shot in Cal Flight. You have Eric Chernock, who is a very sturdy, reliable defensive defenseman. And then between Ian Cole, Philippe Myers, and Hayden Fleury, those three guys I, I think are, you know, safe. 
not necessarily dominant roster players. I think I think it's it's safe to call Hayden Flurry the seventh, someone who can get in there and you know play when injury is injuries happen, but not necessarily be relied on heavily. So when you're looking at that third pairing of Ian Cole and Philippe Myers, it's it's fine. Like I I think we're gonna see a lot more minutes played with those top four than you know we have even in the last couple of years, um, mm-hmm. because it, it, the talent level is just so steep. But it's not like it's a bad third deep air by any means. What do we expect out of Calfoot? Do we think he has? Obviously, he's gonna have a bigger role. Um, but how much, uh, not production, but how much improvement do we see in his game, uh, from last season to this season? How big does it actually need to be as well for Tampa to be very reliable on those top two deep airs? Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting to watch because he'll be turning 24 during the season. Uh, it's really kind of starting to hit that make it or break at time. Um, he's yet to really cement himself as just an everyday lineup type player. Playing a lot, of, a lot of games for the last two years, you know, 56 last year, 35 the previous year. The only thing is uh, he, he scored, you know, he wasn't some big-time scorer in junior by any means, but he did score more in junior, and we were hoping that he was bringing a little more offense as a pro as well. Um, so far, it hasn't really happened. You know, even in Syracuse, when, like, he, he had, had never hit a half a point per game mark. So it, I, I don't think you can realistically go out there and say, oh, he's going to be a 40-plus point guy in the NHL. That's just not what he's going to do. If he can bring... 20 points and be just a nice sturdy presence on the blue line, then that's, that's a great season for him. Um, it's, I, I would have to expect he takes a pretty big jump this year. If he doesn't, I could see him being someone who's traded as soon as in the season. If, if the, if he seems kind of the same as last year or, you know, if worst, worst case scenario seems worse than last year, I just don't imagine him being around too much longer. And that'd be incredibly tough. Cause that would leave us with only three very sturdy, reliable defensemen. Yeah. Uh, what do we expect with, any big changes on the offensive side? Uh, obviously, we know Nemesnikov. He's going to be a guy that's going to have a big role with us over here. Andre Palat no longer there. Yeah, it's, I, I would say it feels like a downgrade, but overall, I feel like the offense can be somewhat similar. You know, you you would think, but it actually, you know, the way that um, that he is projecting this this lineup, it's a little bit different. So top top line of Stamkos, Point, Kucherov, sure. Second line of Kalorn, Paul, and Hagel. Um, you kind of got to hope those guys take the jump up so I can understand yeah. it. Um, you know, I could see a case where Stan Coast moves back to the middle and points playing second line as well to try to kind of more distribute the strength of those lines. Uh, third line, Nemesikov, Colton, and Perry is kind of what a line that I expected to kind of see anyway. And then going through your last five guys, Pat Maroon, P.E. Bellamar, Cole Kupke, uh, Alex Barboulet, and then Gabriel Fortier. So you're seeing, you know, quite a few names, some guys that have not played in roles that they've currently, you know, that they previously played in playing in those roles. Um, you know, like Brandon Hagel didn't ever really get that role with Tampa. Obviously, Nick Paul didn't have that role with Tampa. But it's going to be a much different team. A still strong, competitive team, still a lot of top-end talent. You know, you've got some of the best forwards, some of the best D, and then the best goalie in the world. So it's going to help quite a bit. But when you're looking at, you know, the... Cole Kepkes or the ABBs or the Fortiers, you know, those guys that are really just kind of not turning into, not looking like they're going to be studs by any means. You know, I, I got the most optimistic for Cole, and I think he can be like kind of like what Ross Colton is right now, just a really sturdy third-line guy who can bring some offense. It's kind of what, it's kind of what I feel is going to happen with Cole. The other two, I'm, you know, I, I think Fortier is going to be a good bottom-six guy. ABB is kind of disappointed from what, you know, the optimism that he had as recent even as last season. So it, it's gonna it's gonna be a downgrade this year. You, you got to be prepared for that. Um, we're really hoping that Nick Paul can become more of a scorer. We've seen him have some flashes of scoring. You know, he played really great at the, at the World Championship uh, last year, year for whatever it was. 
looked strong in the playoffs. So hopefully play on the line with Kalorn and Hagel if that's going to be the case. Um, he can find some offense. If not, then, you know, you could always move up in a or maybe Golden takes the next step and um, kind of shake, th- shake things up from there. So it's going to be definitely different. Um, I don't think we're going to necessarily have, you know, some sort of top three offense in the league, but we'll definitely still be a playoff team. You know, there's not really much concern there. Yeah, and I think the two names that when we're looking at these projected lines that I'm most worried about, Nick Paul, obviously you just mentioned him. Just don't know if play great in the playoffs. And we talk about how we were so excited we got him back on the deal. But to rely on him as a second liner, giving him that much ice time, that feels a little bit off. And then Brandon Hagel, we paid a big chunk at the deadline or just before the deadline to pick him up. Didn't really do much for us. So really need to see him step up. He's going to get a bigger role on the team this year. Got to see him really perform here. So uh, we we saw flashes when he was in Chicago. Hopefully he can bring that same type of play here with a new season, you know, being in the system for a while. Yeah, I agree. And my real problem at the end of the day with that second line, if it is that case, though, is when you're looking at a top six center, they need to be a play driver. You know, like yeah, you, you, can, you can go look at a team just like like Toronto. Obviously, they have awesome Anthony John Navarro's two top end guys, but those guys drive the players in line at the other day. Um, you know, McDavid and Drysdale, same type of thing. You can even... Go looking up at a you know a smaller case with New Jersey with uh, Hughes and Hishier. You could go to almost any team in the league, and their top six, their centers always play driver. So if, if Nick Paul is going to be your second line center, and you're expecting the drive plays, I think you're just misunderstanding the way he plays the game and what he's going to offer. So it's going to be have to be done in a unique way where Brandon Hagel's going to probably be the play driver, and he did it in Chicago. So I could see it you know being a, a potential, but it's it's so much harder to drive the play from the wing than the middle because the middle you have. So many more options where the wing, you're only moving it left or you're only moving it right, you know? So it's, I don't know if that's really going to work out that way. I kind of got a feeling that Nick Paul will see a bump down. We'll see Sam Closer Point move to the middle. Um, someone will play on that top line left wing that probably necessarily doesn't deserve it. But I, I just, that's just what feels like makes the most sense to me. Yeah, it feels like there's still one piece that really needs to be added to this team to see uh, or be seen in the same light as the last couple of teams. It feels like we're one piece off. Um, from really being that dominant powerhouse. And that's just what happens when you got to start paying guys and the salary cap, you know, a little bit of an issue. I was trying to think who the hell am I missing here? Cause I knew something was missing and it was Anthony Sorelli. Cause I forgot he is going to be out until November. So he's factoring in what the opening lineup will be. So once, there, once there we go, that can yeah, be the piece. Once Anthony Sorelli's <laughs> back, it'll make sense. I was just, I was like, wait, there's something missing. Who the hell am I missing? Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot, it, you know, it makes more sense now, but Still, even at the end of the day, start of the year, I just I, I don't think that's gonna be the case. When Sorelli's back, it bumps him down. You can put Sam Coast playing back together, not a problem. But for now, I think you're gonna split the two. Split the split. Jesus, excuse me. <laughs> I don't know split. what happened. I don't know either. I just had a little mini stroke. Oh, you're gonna have to split the two up. Yeah, feels a lot better with Sorelli being implemented back in that lineup, but still, Sorelli um, being flanked by Hagel and Kalorn, I I would like a little bit more there still to 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 be seen as you know. Yeah, same. I mean, it'd be cool if Ross Colton took a step and and he was there instead of Kalorn because I just, I don't have, I've never really been an Alex Kalorn guy. I've never had much faith in him. I think that's pretty well known on this podcast. I would love to be wrong. I, I, I would very happily be wrong, but reality is he's just getting older. And we saw what he got in playoffs. It really didn't have any puck lock, no offenses being driven. I just feel like it's what's going to be going forward for him. Yeah, that was super tough. Last year had a, a pretty solid uh, regular season in comparison to what he usually does and then hits the playoffs and really just drops off. But 
We're going to go to a quick commercial break. On the other side of the commercial break, going to be talking about a top free agent signing how Adidas no longer linked with the NHL and then World Junior Preview. We'll be right back. The action never ends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, the DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. And as uh, you could tell yeah. by my my little bump of the yeah. keypad, uh, DraftKings, we think you're the goat for that, sponsoring the show. That's why I had to press the unmute buttons. I don't trust you touching buttons anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that was funny. You know, when Chase and I are muted, we, we talk a little bit, and my hand just kind of hit the sound pad, and there it goes. Yeah. There it goes. <laughs> The goat. The goat. Shout uh, shout out Jado. You know, he gets gets a little little shout out on the Bulls broadcast. Absolutely. But yeah, if you have any sports betting needs, uh, including the upcoming World Juniors, make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Chase, let's talk about John Kleinberg. He's heading to Anaheim, a defenseman that was uh, pretty pretty great, um, you know, a couple years back. Kind of dipped off a little bit here, but what do we expect him to do over in Anaheim? So I, you know, I think it's it's going to be interesting. Really, at the end of the day, I from what I heard, he turned down a his agent told him to turn down an eight by eight with Dallas. So oh. he take, so he takes a one by seven, um, with Anaheim, which I don't really understand. Take less money to go to a state with higher income tax because there's zero in Texas to say, go to. Did you say eight by eight? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because who wants longevity with a huge dollar amount? Why would yeah. I want that? No, I'd rather go in a season, possibly just get my career injury and, and lose out on the you know 50, the rest of the fifty seven million of my contract that I could have had. And that, that's 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 all I want to play. So I I don't I, I really don't understand the the logic here. Um, yeah, I just I just I, I don't understand what, what his agent was thinking. I feel like he thought, Oh, you can you can go over the free agency and get ten million dollars. He darn on earth got this money. Well GM's learned that okay, you don't overpay for bad defensemen or defensemen that are just kind of like average at one thing or another. And like Darnell Nurse is a perfectly well rounded defenseman but isn't great at one thing. Seth Jones is not very good at defending himself. Um John Klamer is not a very good defender. He's a great offensive presence, but he's not like a strong defender by any means. So he didn't get that kind of contract. So he gets this one year seven million, goes to Anaheim. Um, it's a team that could be better, could be worse. I don't know. It's kind of a wait and see with them. Um, I, I think he will help them, about, you know, for sure. But I don't know if he's really helped himself getting a a better long term deal at this point. He's gonna have to have a kind of like career year to get that type of offer again. Are we still missing out on Sonny Milano? Yeah, still, he's still, still chilling. 
So I don't know if John Klingberg helps Anaheim get to the playoffs more than the likes of Sonny Milano would. I I don't think that's like I I think that's fair. Like I I don't I don't disagree because Sonny Milano is one of the best play drivers in the league at five and five, and it's it's really like it, it's so evident in the um, analytics that he's a incredible playmaker and and sets up incredibly well. And Klingberg, yeah, he, like he, he's great and does it from the back end. But let's be honest. Unless you're Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman, Adam Fox, Roman Yossi, there's not many guys that are driving the plays from the back end. And Klingberg isn't necessarily going to drive the play every single shift from, from the back end, whereas Sonny Milano has the opportunity to drive every single shift he's on the ice. Here's a question for you. Um, is real life just like NHL, like the video game? Just because I know once we start getting into late August and September in the video game, people are like, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take a one-year deal at very cheap. You I mean, think Sonny Milano could come over to Tampa. I mean, kind of, because like I, you know, I, I didn't throw in some of the RFA signings that have happened here because I kind of wanted to just like once all the arbitration hearings were done, talk about them as a, as a bunch. But um, you know, someone like Gasper Brat, he avoids arbitration, takes like five point eight or whatever the hell the number was. I don't have it off the top of my head here. Takes significantly less than what he's actually worth, just because like I, I want to just get this done and play. Like we're we're, we're getting into August. I don't want to deal with this arbitration. I'll just get going. So. It definitely happens that way. Um, some like guys will lower their price a little bit, and probably what happened. He's probably asking for two to three million dollars more per year and with more term on it, and he just didn't get it. So he's like, "I have to do a, a prove it type thing where I get a little mo- bit of money." So it, it's absolutely the case. It happens. Um, maybe not to the extent of the, of, of the video game, but it mm-hmm. does happen. Yeah. Man, what what a fun, I, fun I, line that would be. Sonny Milano, uh, Sorelli, and then Hagel, who's much better than he was last year. Oh, fun. Yeah, I mean... I not likely. I don't, but. I don't think he's going to go that cheap. Yeah. I don't think he's going to play on a two-way deal. All right, well, let's not talk about Adidas, as they decided not to renew their jersey deal with the NHL. A bit surprising. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that um, Adidas is now done with McDavid, aren't they? Yeah, every single NHL athlete that they had a sponsorship with once their dealer runs up, they are not renewing them. Bit weird. Bit concerning. So I don't know if they didn't like what ESPN did with the NHL this year or if they don't like where the game is going in terms of growth, but it's not a good sign when you have a jersey distributor and one of the largest brands in the world just trying to pull out of a sport in its entirety because they're going to be out of hockey at this point. It is very strange, very concerning. Um, who the next jersey maker is going to be, I don't know. Hopefully, whoever the hell it is comes in and doesn't get too crazy. You know, like I, I'm pretty sure it was Jay Fresh talking about it. Um, when it was Reebok doing the jerseys, they came in and introduced all these new jerseys. Everyone had like seven jerseys and everyone got a rebrand and all the stuff. And a lot of the rebrands were just worse than the previous jerseys they had. So hopefully whoever comes in either can fix those bad jerseys or just not make them any changes at all. I don't know. Because at the end of the day, um, the teams do have say in it, but it's very driven by those companies, especially for the teams like, you know, the Arizonas, the Columbuses, those teams that are smaller markets. Like, it's really driven by them. So I, I don't know who's going to come in, but they're probably going to come in on a cheaper deal than Adidas came into the NHL with, knowing that Adidas is just walking away from this. They're going to be like, yeah, see, Adidas didn't want to work with you, so why should we want to work with you at this price? Come meet us at this price instead. It's 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 really, at, at the end of the day, as a whole, there's not really much positive coming out of it. Like, I get that the NHL, um, for the average person, might be a little bit harder to pick up because... Oh, the puck's small, and there's not a lot of scoring. And, you know, basketball, football, much easier to pick up. I get the growth. But at the same time, when the 
company and brand of ESPN goes out and pays all this money to get the rights to the NHL, and they decide to put primetime games just on like ESPN2 because they have different programming coming on. Why watch the overtime? Something else is coming on, so let's just slot them over to uh, our second channel or our third channel. Probably not the best way to improve the stock that they just paid so much for. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree 100%. It's just everything that goes on at the NHL in terms of business seems to never really make any sense to me. I don't know if I've seen a deal that's like, oh, that's, that just makes sense for either side, whether it's someone working with the NHL or the NHL doing its own thing. It just Everything seems to just be so weird. Yeah. It's not, it's not a great sign for the sport. For the sport that I love, the sport that I've made my life, and the sport that I'm trying to continue making my life until the day I die, I it's it's concerning. I want more, and I, I know we've talked about this on the show before, but I want more pizzazz in the NHL and the Iceman, Isaac Howard. He brings that. We saw him draft night. He mm-hmm. was awesome. But if you get a little bit more ego in the sport, and I know this isn't an ego sport, uh, could cause locker room chaos, whatever, it's going to make for a better show. Um, do you have to do that to grow it? No, but it would be a spark for it. Also, I think just getting bigger names in the, um, uh, you know, pop culture sphere, you could be able to do some big stuff because I just feel like the NHL, they try to go for like the unique pick rather than the right pick. I don't know. I, it just feels like everything is not for growth, but rather just because money issues or something. I don't know. And, you know, piggybacking off of the whole lack of personality type thing, it's something the NHL has dealt with for a really long time. Um, you know, you, you can look at the NBA, every single person's personality, like every single person, and they get a lot of viewership. The NFL, uh, the, you know, the league's best receivers are all very vocal, animated, and talking all the time, always always being in the media. Cornerbacks, uh, same type of thing. And, you know, you look at a guy like Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews or Kale McCarr or Nathan McKinnon, Leon Dreisaitl, like they just, they, they don't say anything. You know, even in, in Tampa, our, our best players are, you know, they're, they're Russians. So they're not talking. Steven Samuels, mm-hmm. our captain, is incredibly soft-spoken. Like, it, it's just a, a, a league where, you know, the, the import guys don't talk a lot because they're not necessarily – comfortable speaking English 24-7. Um, you see that quite, quite a bit. Or the superstars are just so quiet and reserved because they see that's how every other leader in the past did it, so they want to try to be like that as well. And I, I don't know if we're ever – I really don't know if we're ever going to see that change because it's – you look at Connor Bedard right now, you know, the next up-and-coming superstar in the league. You hear him talk. I mean, he carries himself the exact same way as Connor McDavid does, which is great. It's going to lead to him having a lot of success in the league, but he's not going to go put on a show in the media. He's just going to put on a show on the ice. Give me a freaking Xavier LaFleur, baby. I need someone like that. But also, Shane Wright. We got to see his personality a lot in that 45-minute video that um, and the NHL posted on YouTube. Yeah, it's like, welcome to the NHL or something like yeah, that. Yeah, if they can create a hard knocks type of show where we actually get to see personality from the players, because in interviews, you're never going to see personality. Like, they're always going to be cordial, but... Give me a little personality. You remember the Road to the Winter Classic that HBO did? Mm-hmm. Remember how awesome that shit was? And then they they're like, we're gonna put it on NBC and we're gonna bleep out the swearing. Like, no, that's how you get. That's how you get soft. That's how you don't draw enough fans. When you get to see Ilya Brzezgal talk about the universe and um, see Yager calling him a fucking weirdo, and you get to see this type of stuff. That, that's whatever. That's what everyone wants. I don't 
want to hear some censored version of, you know, whatever bullshit's going on. I want to see Bruce Boudreaux go in there and drop 17 F-bombs in a 30-second speech. That's what I, That's what everyone wants to see. That's Everyone loves that type of stuff. You know, you're going to see it this year with Hard Knocks at the Lions. People are going to be all about it because Dan Campbell is such a character. And you saw some of those with those or grow to the Winter Classics. But then it got to NBC and it changed so heavily. And they just, now every team behind the scenes thing, everyone's just so, like, laid back and reserved. So it, it's just... It it's it's something that I really just I don't see chaining for the better anytime soon. I want to see more Matt Martin, Drew Miller, go dye your hairs. Yes, like and I got a frog in my throat. Yes, Excuse you me. do. Mic, mic up every player. Let, let all the sounds fly. Put just just if you know, like when NBC, which would like I I didn't really notice as much on ESPN, but I noticed a lot more on NBC when they do the Stanley Cup celebrations. You know, every guy would get the trophy and hear fucking rights. You know, just just mm-hmm. let, let them fly. Who cares? Just don't don't mute it. Let it happen. Yeah, get more mics right there on the ice. I, I, I mean, agree. <clears throat> some of those conversations where they're screaming to their teammates, like great stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, we're running at 850. So let's go through the Helinka Gretzky tournament they news wait for us. and uh, the World Junior preview here. Yeah, so, you know, I'll, I'll we'll talk more about the World Juniors as it goes on, but we'll just talk a little bit um, previous type stuff. But with the Helinka Gretzky, if you guys aren't really familiar with it, it truly is the pinnacle of um, the 18U like circuit, I guess, if you want to call it. Um, the WJC 18s are, you know, they're, they're a good tournament, but you're playing your junior season. Some of these guys are still playing their pro seasons, and you're obviously it's not truly a best on best. Whereas the Holinka Gretzky is a true best on best. Every team is setting their best players. Canada has their top 23, whatever the hell the number is. US is their top 23, 24, um, and they're and they're just rolling from there so it, it's definitely a um you know it, it's a it's a hell of a tournament it's, it's a great judge of 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 play it's a great judge of talent and it really is the beginning of the draft season because there's uh, this tournament just full of first-time draft eligibles it's really who it's for yeah you see some younger guys like last year you saw like Matthew Mishkov um it was technically his year because he was a, he's a December 04 so he played for Russia whereas if Russia were in this year he wouldn't be eligible because he's an 04 not an 05 but you get to see a guy like Dalbert divorce here. You get to see a Quentin Muncy, or you get to see future talent like Aaron Kibiharu. Um, you get, you get to see a, a lot of exciting talent, and it's been pretty good so far. Um, I mean, poor Switzerland and Germany have just been getting kind of worked. Switzerland, you had a close one against Slovakia today. Slovakia ended up um, getting the overtime win, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it's it's like it's nonetheless. It's beside the point. It's. It's, it's a good tournament just to kind of really introduce you to the prospects for the upcoming um, draft, and it's good to see, you know, some guys that we expected to do well, like the Otto Stenbergs, Braden Yeagers, Callum Ritchie, Theo Lynchstein, uh, Zach Benson, Edward Soleil. It's it's good to see them doing as they as they were expected, and they're playing all really well. Um, it's just sh- really showcasing how great this 2023 draft is going to be. Like it, it's, it's got the chance to be, like, historically special. And one thing that's super fun coming out of this is, I'm sure we're going to talk about it more in you know future episodes, but the, after watching these tournaments, you're more confident in putting together a preseason draft rankings. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah, so I, I put together one uh, prior to the draft just based on my bits of knowledge and players, a little bit I watched, a little bit I read, and I've been praying playing paying pretty heavy attention to this and you know i've already began making adjustments and feel really good about a couple guys who i just had questions on because of their talent their you know their competition last year but this tournament really helps solidify those opinions and you can see just you know their talent against their peers and it's a really good sign of things to come for a lot of these players in the future if you look at if you look back a lot of players that are successful in the nhl dominated this tournament 
Yeah, going to be a lot of fun. Let's now go to the World Juniors preview. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're starting up here next Tuesday, uh, which is the 9th. So going to be very excited to watch these games go down. And the nice thing is once the uh, medal rounds are happening, the medal games, could be a good chance that I'll be able to watch them all and uh, not have to work for it. So that would be awesome. Yeah, that would definitely be cool. And you know, make sure to turn into the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube channel um, on August 9th for the first game and the last game of the day. I will be live streaming uh, a watch along for those games. It's going to be, you know, um, it'll be the first game of the tournament and then the first U.S. game against Germany. So th- it'll be good to watch, but it's going to be interesting. I, I'm surprised the amount of, um, you know, like high-end talent that we're seeing here, really. I, I didn't think we were going to be seeing as many, um, like, like star guys, you know, I, I thought, you know, someone like Ken Johnson for Canada, I thought he was just not going to be playing in this, like Columbus would want to keep him healthy, but we're, we're seeing some, you know, very legit potential type guys here. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, the tr- I found out the statistics are going to carry over from the last one that happened in the winter. I think only for record standings though. So like, it's not going to like Bedard's five points aren't going to be added to his tournament totals. They'll just be on record of him playing two extra games and having five points as well. Okay. Um, so it'd be like that, but, yeah, it, it's it's it should be pretty good because there's a lot more talent than I thought there was going to be. You know, just looking at Hockey Canada real quick. We know we talked about Jack Thompson, but we are going to see Connor Bedard, Will Cooley, Ken Johnson, Mason McTavish, Brennan Othman, Logan Stankoven, Damon Hunt, Carson Lambos, uh, Olin Zellweger, Sebastian Kosa, Brett Brochu, Dylan Grand. We're going to get to see some you know great talents there. And then when you're looking at the you know Team USA, you can see guys like. Thomas Bordalo, Logan Cooley, um, you know, Matt Kanais, Carter Mazer, Frankie Nazar, um, Sean Barons, Brock Faber. You know, you're seeing a lot of very strong talent. It's going to it's gonna be super exciting. Um, I think the U.S. might be in some trouble, though, because I don't know if, how much people have noticed, but the U.S. has not done a very good job putting out um, goalies recently in the last few years. There's not a lot of prospects. Like, none of the goalies on this roster are drafted prospects. Ooh. Yeah, but shout out to Andrew Andrew Oak. I think it's I don't know if it's Oak or Oki. I can't remember. Shelby Township boy. Okay, his, his aunt works for my uncle actually. Um, aunt or mom, one of the two. But um, <coughs> yeah, he plays for the Saginaw Spirit and he's on the Team USA roster. So shout shout out Andrew. Good luck. Very nice. You love to see it. Um, really looking forward to see Logan Cooley play. Obviously, very high pick in this one and this past draft. And then on the Canada side, obviously you got Connor Bedard, but a name I'm really looking forward to seeing as well. Mason McTavish. By the way, I just want to say, Shane Wright not being on this roster, I think basically confirms that Seattle's counting on him making the team. Yeah, probably. So that is an exciting development. Lock it in, people. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. We're going to go to a hockey name of the day now. Going to be doing a lot more World Junior Talk on our next couple episodes, so make make sure to stay tuned for that. As I'm dying here on the recording, uh, hockey name of the day is Rusty Jonkas. Jonkas. Rusty Junka. No, there's an S. Well, it's, that's his name. Sorry. So Rusty Junka, a little bit different today. I know nothing about him in terms of his age, his date of birth. All I know is from Blind River, Ontario, and I have no player statistics. Rather, I have front office statistics. Oh. Um, you know, he worked for the Blind River Beavers in, in the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League for a couple of years as a coach and general manager. And then he started working for the Kirkland Lake Gold Miners, which I don't know if that was a, the same team that moved or not. I don't know because um, it was still in the North Ontario Junior League as well um, as an assistant coach and assistant general manager. He worked in those roles from 2011 to 2016. Since then, there's no record of him working in hockey. You know, he could be doing something more locally. Who the hell knows? But that's Rusty. There we go. Yeah. 
Is this the first time we're having front office on Hockey Name of the Day? It is. All right. It is. You know, I I, I, I love the name Rusty, and I never hear anybody really with that name anymore. So I was like, you know, I'll just type in the name Rusty, so we find. And I was like, found this one, and I found the pronunciation. I'm like, ah, oh, now I'm going to get Mike on this one. So oh, it's perfect. I hear Rusty quite a bit when I'm on TikTok watching. Rusty ranks beers. Oh, that's fair. Rusty ranks beers is great. Yeah, that, he indeed is. Shout out. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving us a listen. Chase, hit us with an outro. Yeah, as always, then, thank you guys for listening. Check us out on Patreon. If, if you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. We're at it. Go follow WMP on Twitter, WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. Make sure you go check out the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube. And go check out their website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We are listening. You can raise five stars, send your questions, comments, concerns. That'd be great. Review, do not forget to use code THPN. We sent DraftKings. That was fast. That was. And he got it all right, too. I did. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.